Hello. Hello, Kitty. Hiya, how are you? Good, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. That's it must be good. a bit strange because it's like dark here, like it's pitch black outside and yet you're probably not just woken up, but... Yeah, it's 10 in the morning here, so just kind of getting the day started. <laughs> bit of a different. Absolutely, <laughs> coming different. to us from the future. Uh, <laughs> future yeah well um nothing much exciting happened so <laughs> well, that's good to hear <laughs> uh no one has um like blown up usa yet or stormed the capital this week so you know that's good yeah our government's still intact all right good yeah you know, we're good. We, yeah we count it by the hour so you know <laughs> <laughs> brilliant <laughs> you never know with america do you no it's pretty wild yeah it's been wild these past four years but you know, what is it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's been fairly, like, we're fairly okay in England. It's like, it, it's not as dramatic as America. Um, it tends to be a bit more sedentary. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, it could be worse. It's, uh, you know, it's an illusion of dramaticism in America because it's all for, you know, ratings. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's an illusion. Hmm. That's for sure. It's not. As, it's not as dramatic out of the public talking to people as they make it seem on the on the news. Yeah. Okay. I'll bear that in mind for if I ever think about coming to America. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um. So I'm Kitty. Um. I live in in England, um. Specifically in the southeast of England. If you couldn't tell by my accent, um. I started doing strongman training in June 2018. Um, initially, I started training at the gym to like help with my body. Um, I have hypermobility and dyspraxia amongst a few other things. So my body doesn't hold itself together very well. It tends to like to jumble and fall out of place. So initially, I started going to the gym just to basically hold myself together. Um, and then I found like how empowering that you're just picking up weights and putting them back down was. I was like, wow, OK, it's like a really easy target for me to be able to push myself without having a body weight goal or like a physic a physique goal like put it, picking stuff up and putting it back down is like an amazing goal to achieve that doesn't require you to look a certain way or be a certain weight you can kind of just do it because of who because of your strength rather than who you are as a person um I started doing that and then um found by talking about it to other women I was inspiring them to get into lifting or get back into lifting when they've given it up because they were worried they're going to be judged. Um, and now I try and not bring it into every conversation I have, but make sure that people know that it's, <laughs> it's something that's actually really beneficial. Like my mum, um, I forced her to get into lifting with me. Um, and she had really bad arthritis and was like really self-conscious. And she found by lifting weight, she was suddenly like, she felt a lot better about herself. Um, her joints weren't playing up as much and she was able to, like while her hands still don't work that well, she's able to like do more in her everyday life purely because she looks after herself and lifts weight, even if it isn't as heavy as what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's a bit about me and why I got into lifting and a few other bits and bobs. Okay. So um, why do you think that lifting is so important to female health? So many reasons. Um, like I could I could go on for hours, but I'm not. I'm going to give you a six, nice succinct answer <laughs> so we don't go on for the rest of the day. Um, so for women, like everyone, we, we women have periods. Um, that's that's a fact. Um, lifting around your period to help your body can actually be really, really beneficial to um, keeping you moving and working. A lot of women find that sitting down for long periods of time 
and then getting back up after while they're, while they're like on their period can actually make them feel a lot worse. So keeping moving um, during your period helps. Um, and the lifting side of it helps as well. There's been a lot of research recently that um, into, I think it's ACL tears related to period health. It's like really specific thing. Um, and it's, it's quite a random injury to correlate to your period. Um, but a lot of the research was saying that because women found they were tearing them nearer their period, they were scared to lift on their period. Um, but actually there's very little like conclusive research that says lifting on your period can be overly damaging. Um, obviously you sometimes do need to be taking it a bit care more carefully. Um, and you, it, it's more of a mental game when it comes to lifting around that time. Um, but it's so important um, because it's because lifting is so mentally challenging as well as physically challenging. Um, I'm sure you can appreciate that sometimes that you think about a lift and you overthink it and then suddenly you've flunked it and it's all gone wrong. Um, but <laughs> the mental strength that you have to have to be able to look at a barbell that's got double your body weight on it and pick that up carries over so well into the mental challenge of you've got some cramps and you're like okay I know I can do this because I've done so much more like it's like the I think that one of the main benefits that lifting has for women isn't just the physical being strong is good for you but it's the mental barrier of I can believe in myself I can push myself um, and I know that I've got the confidence in myself and my body to be able to do the things I wouldn't normally do because I can't be confident in myself and who I am. Um, that was a very roundabout way of saying it's good for you, but <laughs> it is very good for you. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. The confidence building is tremendous. Um, and I think that's a huge thing for young women to, to realize that lifting is oh, definitely. will improve quality of life. It will not make you unattractive. That is a crazy belief. Exactly. It is, you know, yeah. it's definitely all for positive health. And I mean, of course, people are, you know, drawn to healthy people. So it's a very, very good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm all for that. And I think as well for younger women. So I started lifting when I was 18. So not that, not super young, but not super old. But um, I do a lot of work with girl guiding. So I think it's Girl Scouts in America. Um, and I found by talking to the girls about my training, they found me a positive role model um, because some of them watched World's Strongest Man on TV and they were like, oh, I didn't realize girls could do that too. And it's this amazing, you can see this light bulb going on in their head. It's, oh, it's not like, I know girl guiding teaches me that I can do everything that boys can, blah, blah, blah. But they actually realize that there's someone there who is doing what the boys are doing and is able to show them, actually, you can do it too. Like I wasn't that much older than them. I've mainly worked with the girls who are 10 to 14 years old. I wasn't that much older than them and I was doing crazy things that they thought only big men on the TV did. Yeah. So having, I think Maybe having- world's positive... woman on the TV, that would be great. Yeah, exactly. Like that'd be amazing. But yeah, I think even having positive role models for girls in everyday life to show, actually I'm someone who struggles medically, um, isn't always the strongest. I do have my, I do have my moments. Um, <laughs> but having that, people like that in in lives of young girls um drastically changes the way about it looks at them because like i said earlier it teaches them that their goals don't have to be a look or and weight on the scales it can be a weight on the bar that you can pick up like that is that change of it's not about 
you and who and what you look like it's about you and what you can do okay so um before we get too far off the topic of lifting around your period i have yes. heard that the adrenaline dump can be pretty tough to deal with at that time so if you're pumped up you get a few prs in the gym and you are just pumped up when you leave the gym how do you deal with all that adrenaline um my normal way is i tend to not use caffeine when i'm on my period um obviously caffeine because it restricts your blood flow it can restrict like it can make your cramps worse so i try and avoid using caffeine where possible um obviously if i've got a heavy lift planned i try and talk to my coach and i'm like look it's not going to happen can we just push it back a couple of weeks um and try and keep it steady um and trying to lift not maximally can massively help so kind of just regulating what you're doing so for example if you had a really heavy week planned speaking to your coach or your pt um and just asking can we just regulate it so putting physical steps in place can massively help to sort of reduce that peak and trough moment essentially um because i've been there when you just get home and you're suddenly you suddenly it suddenly hits you and you're so shattered i'm like i just have to go and have a nap um which isn't always great if you've trained first thing in the morning the last thing you want to be doing is having a nap before you've like had a shower and had some food so not using caffeine a it can massively help your cramps when you're and especially when you're moving around you're moving like your hips around and that can sometimes give you sharp cramps when you stop moving um so if you're not doing the mobility um even like some just gentle yoga for 10 to 15 minutes before you leave your session can be so beneficial because it sort of allows you to naturally slow yourself down um so I'd say the biggest thing is put steps in place to stop yourself from going from like, woo, yeah, massive like whiff of ammonia and like charging for that big goal is try and just regulate yourself. Um, there's nothing wrong with saying I need to take it a bit slower today. Um, there was a study done by, I can't remember who it was now, um, but basically they found that when women and people like people who have their periods when they were saying to their partners look um i'm really struggling on my period at the minute can i have some help um they found their pms symptoms reduced by uh, like 30 percent to disappearing like the simple thing of asking for help uh, reduced that like subconscious stress so much that they weren't having those pre-period symptoms of the, the depression the mood swings the cramps and everything it was able to help them reduce it so i've gone massively on topic so i'm just going to bring it back so regulating yourself asking for help when you need to asking your coach pt to slow yourself down um you can lift to like 80 percent, and that it, you're still going to make gains but you're going to make gains in a way that doesn't force you to basically have like a breakdown after a couple of years and um, you're helping to prevent any injuries that can happen because you're not feeling your best you're not performing at your best um, and regulating what you're eating and drinking so we're trying to reduce the amount of caffeine using stuff like green tea which has obviously that longer caffeine release than coffee when you get that sudden Ooh, and then three hours later you want to be asleep in bed um doing all like physical things well and physical small steps as well can actually help your mental gain so you're not going to be suddenly crashing and burning at the end of it so why do you think it is that women don't always ask for help when they need it on their period i know in america we have a pretty independent culture at least we're kind of pushed yeah. towards being more independent so it's kind of a hurdle people have to cross 
Yeah, I think a there's the taboo around periods. I think girls are like some girls are brought up to be like, oh, that's not something we discuss in public. Um, but I'm very much of the thing of you, you've got to talk about it to break the taboo around it. Um, like some girls will be like, oh, I'm on my period and just like whisper it. And it's kind of like a bit unspoken about. Um, and I think that's quite sad that girls feel like boys are going to find it disgusting and it's going to be uh, gross. Um, so talking about it um, and removing the taboo around it um, is one way because girls are like, I'm too scared to ask for help because I don't want to ask for help because I'm on my period. Um, there's that stereotype, isn't there, of, um, oh, she's having a bad week because she's on her period. But actually, yeah, you have bad weeks on your period. So, so what? Yes, it's it's not an excuse for being a horrible person, but it's an explanation. And seeing it as an explanation of I'm not going to be lifting as strong this week because I'm on my period rather than I'm using it as an excuse to get out of things I don't want to do. Um, I think there's that whole thing. And then there's a the stereotype that you're just going to you're going to be judged for it. Um, and I think the education side of it is one thing that education around periods is often centered to like it feels like it's like a little cult thing you sit around with your teacher in um you're like seven or eight and they're like yeah. one day you're going to start that your period the like, and then, yeah, yeah so it is it, like that doesn't help like no not at all boys like boys need to know about what happens with girls and girls need to know about what happens with boys because otherwise we're going to end up in this world where this stereotype of the fact of like women lifting and women being on their periods just never ends like we have to educate equally like that's a huge i think people forget that like like the feminism kind of debate like includes things like that it's we want education that is equal for both men and women on men and women's issues um because you see people preaching about um men's mental health matters and then the next week they're tweeting about how boys are trash and you see like people saying oh we've got to protect women and create safe women's spaces and the next week they're tweeting about how awful women are because they do this this and this like we've got to create this education space we've got to give stop removing that remove that taboo around girls being on their periods it happens and you can't stop it so why why should we pretend like it doesn't happen um and then also making realizing that it's an explanation not an excuse like you can't control the fact that you have a period so let it happen and let and like give yourself permission to go i need to take it easy this week i need to ask for help this week and just like don't be like oh i'm scared i'm scared like people aren't going to be horrible and come for you with a pitchfork if you say i need a bit of help this week please can you just take it a bit easy on me um as much as maybe there's some people out there who might have a pitchfork and come charging towards you but you'd hope not <laughs> I think that's a great point. Yeah, we really need to get that discussion out there to the public and at a younger age, of course, and to a more widespread audience for sure. Um, yeah. And I think it's not, not just period. I think people are just afraid to ask for help in general about almost any oh, yeah. problem that they're dealing with, emotional, psychological, or whatever. And, you know, we're all animals. We have good and bad days. Exactly. You know, simple as that. So um, what motivates you to compete? Um, some, it's something to train for um that's like the main reason is i like having a goal to work towards and if that's a competition then that kind of gives me that drive to be like oh i'm training because i'm training for something rather than oh i'm just training because i want to 
best myself. Um, I have like a half competitive nature, like sometimes I'll be there like, I want to beat you all so bad. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, but I love you really. And I really want you to do well as well. Um, that's why <laughs> that's one reason. Um, second reason, I guess I just want to see how far I can go. And I think competition gives you such a great space to push yourself that extra step. Like there's nothing quite like the like the atmosphere of a competition when everyone's screaming at you to just get that extra um step like push yourself get that extra kilo up get that extra there's nothing quite like that moment like i i sit i will freely admit i sit and watch all my competition videos back like at least once a month um because i miss it we haven't been able to compete for well over a year now because of covid sadly um i, I miss it and i miss like the atmosphere so i'll watch them back and i'll occasionally have a bit of a cry over them um, because there's such some such amazing moments. I think the last comp I did in September 2019, it would have been, um, we had a sandbag run um, and I was the only girl in my weight group to get the sandbag up in the first place and get it to the end. So I got it to the end and we had to get it over a yoke at the end. Um, and I got it to the yoke. I lapped it. So just to get my arms around it a bit more, just to get it up. And I can hit everyone in the background going, come on, come on. And like just screaming at me. And that moment, it's like that's what I want to get back to um like I didn't get into competing for that but I've stayed in competing because of it um I think the camaraderie like there's nothing quite a strong man especially um I haven't seen it in many other sports but everyone is so nice and genuinely supportive of one another like competitors will be chalking each other up and sort of helping each other out and I've never seen it in any other sport that I've either been to an event or like gone to myself. There's nothing quite like that moment of just everyone chipping in just to help out each other. And I think it's absolutely wonderful and I miss it a lot. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that environment is amazing. Um, that's why I, I kind of found it so amazing that some so many guys are setting PR records in home gyms. I'm thinking, wow, how can they do that when they're <laughs> outside of the environment where everybody's, you know, pumping it up and egging them on? Yeah. That's pretty wild, you know? It's amazing yeah. to muster that sort of uh, encouragement or whatever, you know, internally. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty Definitely. awesome. That's pretty neat about your sandbag. That's awesome that you were the only guy to get it over yeah. there and get it up. That's cool. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, very motivated <laughs> stuff, for sure. Oh yeah, it, it, that that moment was like it's probably one of my favorite competition moments ever. Like just that the the, pr the pride in myself that I did it, and like the the fact that all the other girls, despite them not being able to get up, were like cheering me on and like, come on, come on, you can do it. We believe in you. Like just ha I just I get emotional when I watch it back every time. <laughs> I, I agree about the the camaraderie and strongman. We've watched it. I mean, on Christmas, you know, every year. I mean, well, for a long time it aired on Christmas. Um, and it's amazing that you see people that actually are happy when someone beats them, when someone yeah. pops their highest weight. And it's amazing. You know, you never see another sport where people are like, oh, good job. You actually lifted that weight. That's incredible. Yeah. I couldn't do it, but you did. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I it's, love that. it's, it's crazy, but it's so, I, I think that's one of the reasons I've, I never went to any other strength sport. I was like, I want that. Everyone's nice in there. Um, I like people who are nice. So I'm going to just go with that one. Exactly. Yeah, we do strongman and we do a little bit of grip stuff, and that's it's the same thing. Grip is like kind of a subdivision of strongman, and the same yeah. guys do it, and then the same kind of camaraderie, and it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot different than MMA, which I used to do up until the quarantine, and a lot of guys have chips on their shoulders, and it's a little bit of a more you know 
tougher sport, a little edgy. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think powerlifting can be that way too. Um, yeah, but. definitely. My, um, my coach used to be a powerlifter. Um, and he said it in one of his YouTube videos. So I'm going to repeat it because if he said it in public, I can say it. Um, and he said that he found that competitions for strongman people were so much nicer. He, he literally quoted, they're so much nicer than powerlifting. I don't know whether it's because powerlifting is um, just a maximal sport. I have no idea. But yeah, everyone in strongman is just nice. Like I've made friends for life by competing. Like that's just a wonderful thing to me. Like I've got a friend in Northern Ireland who I haven't seen in ages because of COVID. I haven't been able to go out and see her. Um, but we still talk regularly and we're planning once we're allowed to, to go and see each other and like you wouldn't get that with many other sports that you find people who a you can get along with but b you can like make really solid friends with and i i love it <laughs> yeah i think it has a little to do with the overall body conditioning when you're a strong man you know you're strong in almost every way and when you're a power yeah. you're pretty much strong in these three specific grooves yeah and that makes you really like kind of ego and like argue with the guy next to you that hey, I'm stronger in this group than you or I'm stronger in this but in strong man it's like well you're strong at this but I'm strong at this and you're good at this but I'm yeah. good at this so there's a yeah. lot more that you can be good at and you can be confident about I guess is what it is it's just there's a dozen things in strong man you can be confident about you can be really bad at 10 events and really good at two other ones and that's cool it'll make yeah. you so yeah absolutely exactly it yeah my brother destroys me in overhead press but for some reason I can get really low with the atlas stone so i can just put one in my lap and just uh, sit and, like, put a plate on top of it eat off of the atlas stone or whatever just sit way down <laughs> in the bottom position <laughs> but he's got different you know specialties it's different it. body types as well like i am annoyingly gangly um so i've got like these great long limbs it's great for deadlift um oh, yeah, absolutely. like my deadlift is amazing and then my overhead press compared to it is so weak um it's just it's almost embarrassing the week i'm like oh no it's getting better um and it's something that like i've been hammering a lot and like my coach has been amazing like he has been like really helping me to get my technique because there's obviously so many variants as well like you don't know whether you're gonna have a barbell press for max reps or you're gonna have a heavy log single like the the fact that you have to be good at reps and heavy singles in strongman is something that i think like draws you to it as well um, and same with yeah, same with like grip strength, like you can pick it up for one heavy lift or for max time. Like mm -hmm. the the difference in whether you're good at picking it up once heavily or picking it up and holding it for that long time, I think is like people think, oh, you're just picking up stuff with your forearm strength. Like that's not that exciting. It's like actually there's so many aspects to it that it's not just picking it up with your forearms. It's okay well in hub grip i'm like my hub grip isn't that good um my nails are too long and i'm terrible at cutting them to the right length so my hub grip's really really weak um but my rolling thunder just gets better really really easily oh, that's good so that's good um and i'm quite happy with that um and i've been doing a lot of um i did ball grip earlier and that is horrible but it's quite fun um <laughs> so it's 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 the difference it's just all of it. It's quite fun. I just quite like it. <laughs> yeah, we enjoy it quite a bit because, um, you know, I come from the martial arts background, so it helps with just mm. grappling and controlling people and whatever. Yeah. And I mean, also, there's the whole, like, survival instinct, you know, if you use your hands so much. I feel mm. like hand, and we don't talk about foot health too uh, enough, I think. No. Uh, 
foot health is definitely something we want to focus on a little bit as well in our in our channel because that's just as important as almost everything else on your body i mean it's how you move from here to there yeah so, yeah hand health huge i think uh especially in an older age it improves quality of life significantly definitely absolutely i mean if you look at someone like mark felix i mean the guy's crazy strong and his grip is insane like Wonderful. there's no one who can yeah there's no one who can hold a candle to him in hercules hold yet he's what 52 54? 54 yeah yeah and he's competing with some of the top guys in the world and none of them have ever been able to beat his world record like yes he's got hands the size of an a4 page but he's he works on a building site he's yeah. works there full-time and trains on top of it like it's just it blows my mind how yeah, when you see good... him you go wow really that's that's that guy's gym he's like one of the best in the world yeah Amazing. it's it blows my mind he's incredible like i love him yeah absolutely just... we followed him for his whole career and uh, yeah, he's fantastic he's one of our favorites for sure uh oh, it was definitely. amazing to watch him transition from being like the deadlift king to the hercules hold king without a problem yeah. you know just just yeah here he was like well i've lost a deadlift for the first time in my career after 20 years and now i'm finally <laughs> going to hercules hold yeah so pretty cool oh definitely and like seeing especially some of the guys like how they've gone from they're still competing like he's been competing for how many who like probably longer than i've been alive probably close to 30 um, years, yeah. yeah well definitely longer than i've been alive um <laughs> but he's been and he's still able to compete at that top level like same with like brian shaw he's been competing for so many years and he's still at the top terry holland's another one um yeah something he, in he is coming back for another competition yeah exactly like there's so many people in strongman who have got such longevity and i think that's something really unique about the sport you don't see like in in especially in such a physical sport as well you don't often see guys who've competing in it for 10 20 even 30 years who are able to still keep at that top level like if you look at football after the age of about 25 they're kind of tinned off to retirement homes and um, so that's that soccer the guys that well. don't do quite as well in the first 10 years of their strongman say from age 20 to 30 they're kind of just building up really yeah. keep very well in their like early 40s late 30s early 40s and the yeah. guys that just go all out in their early 20s tend to you know disappear pretty quickly i've yeah. noticed so I, i'm i'm interested in seeing what happens with the current world's strongest man alexi because he's only 23 or 24. yeah that's so young to win it but it was an interesting year so it'll be yeah see what happens with him and same with um tom stoltman because obviously while he's he's like he hasn't won anything too major yet or he's come very close to winning yeah um seeing where how luke has kind of like not petered off but hasn't really got that much better whereas luke's got a lot better and better every year seeing how far tom goes versus how far luke could go will be i think something quite interesting absolutely um, i think just Luke's to keep it so far he's huge and he's, uh, he and he's himself yet yeah and he used to be bodybuilding so he's got that that well balanced um physique although obviously he hasn't got the the muscle definition as much anymore um but i think that's going to be an interesting one to see whether tom has to drop off because he's injured or something's gone wrong or whether he'll hold the longevity the same way that luke probably could 
I'd like to see what Luke does after he gets the big stone he wants to get because he's pretty kind of mm. set on getting the 700 pound stone. And mm. after he does that, I feel like his training is going to get more widespread and he's just going to dominate. Mm. So that'll be pretty yeah. neat to see. I'm I'm hope I'm looking forward to like a revival of the Great British strongmen. Like That's I feel good. like there's so many like very good guys who are sort of have had their their ten years of build up. Like Adam Bishop, um, who trains at um, train he lives near me, so he's like he's I'm gonna say he's my favorite, so I don't get shouted at by my coach. Um, <laughs> but he like so he's quite local and seeing him you've got st obviously still got terry hollands mark felix and then you've got the stolman brothers like there's so many great british strong men um and it'll be interesting to see as well like you've got gavin bilton who was at worlds for the first time this year yeah. um he was what the heaviest guy at worlds i think he's like 200 kilos his his lifting since worlds has just carried on to get better and he there's so many the popularity yeah. And yeah, it's it's like there's so many great British guys who are just starting to inch to that world's level. So I'm really interested to see how like much Britain pushes it mm -hmm. in terms of performance at like the world's level, the Europe's level and like the what um, like the Giants Live tours and stuff. I'm like that's something I'm really excited about because obviously English like makes sense. Absolutely. I think you guys could potentially have the strongest man and the baddest man on the planet at the same time. With that uh, Tyson Fury. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. That could be interesting. Yeah, you got um, some serious athletes going on right now. And then, uh, of course, Lewis Hamilton, he just yeah. ignited and he's unbelievable. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and even in the female side, like looking at the strong women, like mm -hmm. you've got um, Andrea Thompson, Donna Moore, um, Jenny Todd. I think she's competing at some point soon, but she does a lot of coaching. We've got Chloe Brennan, who's the. Um, she's won Britain's for a bit. Rhiannon Lovelace. I mean, I can't not mention Rhiannon Lovelace. Yeah, I've heard of her. Like, she's like, she just blows my mind. Like, she did a, a Viper press the other day. It was like ninety two point five kilos, and she's a lightweight strong woman, so she's like sixty kilo body weight. That's insane. Like, she is every single time she goes into the gym and posts on Instagram, you know that there's going to be some kind of record broken or touched. Like, blows my mind how strong she is. Um, I think strong women-wise, England's got England and Britain in general has got so many good women who are like pushing it um, and just going for it, um, and that's really like really cool to see. Um, I just wish it was publicised a bit more, um, just because there's so many good role models, and it's like, ah, oh, please just like talk about them and show them on the news and stuff because they're doing so many cool things. They're breaking records. I think Andrea Thompson tried to go for the world record Rhiannon Lovelace holds like a million and one world records in a variety of events um like I just would love to see like how Britain does in the strong women game as well yeah, as well you as guys the, have the heaviest uh, atlas stone on the women's side as well yeah I think Donna Moore got that the Arnold's last yeah. year I want to say I so Absolutely. um like Incredible. She looked like There's she had so more too when she did that record. So I don't know if you saw the lift, but she totally had more. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she and she did it for reps as well, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. So I'd love to see like stuff like that again. I think what people like companies like Rogue are doing um, for strong women is so so good. Um, giving the equal opportunities to max out to show heavy lifts. What they did with the, when they did the dumbbell press at the Rogue CrossFit Open thingy, Mahobi. 
um, when they had like the strong woman come out at half time. I think it was Jessica Fillin who did she get the heaviest one? That was a couple of years ago. Um, but they did like stuff like that to promote both the women's and the men's equally. That's awesome. Um, which is amazing. Like the Arnold's giving op equal again equal opportunities for the men and the women. Like we need more of that in the sport um, from like the top guys, like Giants Live. Calling Absolutely. them out, sort it out. <laughs> and this sport does so much for you, you know. It's, it's such a positive sport. I mean, there's sports that, you know, mm. I don't want to bash any sports, collision, American football sports or anything, but there's sports that don't always do the best for your body, for your brain. You don't come out mm. of them as an older person doing well. We look mm. at people like Odd Haugen and we realize, well, you could do strongman into your 70s and be a very healthy person. Exactly. So, absolutely. So, um, what is your greatest athletic achievement? If we look at, like, I'm just going to look at numbers lifted. Um, before lockdown, number two or three, um, in the last, sometime last year, at the, at the end of last year, I did a 175 kg trap bar. I can't work out what that is in pounds, but it's quite heavy. Um, I'm terrible with, I'm going to, just gonna google it quick because <laughs> i feel like Amer like i always feel bad for not knowing what i did in pounds um but oh the wi-fi's gone great um it's like it was like 400 pounds i think yeah, i think it's about 414 uh, four, yeah i should have checked this um before going on but that for me was like breaking the over double body weight um 385 yeah, 385. There we go. Huge. Very strong. Um, I think for me, breaking the double body weight barrier, breaking like the 150, 160, and then the 170 barrier was like something. It was like a mental switch for me of like, oh, I can do this. Um, it involved a lot of screaming, a lot of ammonia and pendulum blasting in the background. But I did it. Um, and I had it was like the last day of the gym's opening in England um, in October uh, before we had a one month lockdown and so there was a load of us training and um, my coach was there we were and everyone was just like screaming at me to go for it um so just for like athletic like I picked up 175 kilos but also yeah, for like the atmosphere like, yeah like That's everyone was there and everyone was like yeah go for it <laughs> yeah when you think of the size of person that weighs 385 pounds or other things that are 385 pounds you put that in your head and you go that's like a refrigerator that's awesome. <laughs> like I picked that up and it's like, wow, like I did like I think being able to say you've done something like that is pretty cool. Like my body doesn't always work as well for me. Like there was a time um I did um like at school in secondary school, so that's up to age 16. Um I did a GCSE, I don't know what, what the equivalent of that is in the um America. Um, but it's like a qualification before you go on to your yeah, a levels where you specialize a bit more i did the gcse in dance and i was spraining my ankles like genuinely two three times a day um like i couldn't walk upstairs for three months so me thinking about that like what i can do now versus what i couldn't do then like for me that's an achievement in itself i couldn't touch my toes like my hamstrings were in so much pain constantly just like i was my body was just broken basically um all my joints were like just all over the place like would just pop in and out all the time so as well as an ath another athletic achievement for me is 
being able to function as a vaguely normal human in terms of like physical ability i think that in itself is such an achievement that i've got my body to a place where i rarely sprain my ankle i'm not in pain as like as bad as i used to be all the time that in, in terms of athletic achievements i think that is the biggest one i've get dislocations at all or um, everything often? like not as often um i'd like my knees used to constantly hyperextend they don't anymore because i've strengthened my hamstrings and my joints to a place where they don't need to so um, everything like, well, go ahead. No, you carry on. Um, so connective tissues, that's like a big deal with, obviously it must be a big deal with, with your condition. So what yeah, are you, like, what are you like doing my, to specially train your connective tissues? So I've had to do a lot of physio work over the years. Um, I saw a, um, NHS, so our free healthcare, I saw a physio from them. When was it? Probably 2015, 2016. Um, I was diagnosed with hypermobility officially in 2015. Um, it was like just as I was like preparing to start a load of exams and it kind of like threw my like world around because I was like, oh, okay, oh, well, I get to, I couldn't write all my exams. So I had a laptop and then I got people to write them for me, like a scribe. Um, so from that point, um, I had to do a lot of mobility. Like it sounds strange, like someone with hypermobility has to do mobility training. Um, but you have to focus on making sure that your joints can like and your tendons and everything can work for you. Um, so I do a lot of hamstring work, um, just to hold like my knees and my like hips a bit more in place and along that with my calves and ankles. So I do a lot of hamstrings, a lot of calf work, um, because they help to hold my ankles. My like the, it's like the ball socket that my ankles in just doesn't stay together. So they can click like that. Like I can literally just roll it. It's like click, click, click. It's not, does it, it doesn't sound good, but it's just how my body is. Um, I have to do a lot of shoulder stability work, which like every, as everyone knows, shoulder stability work <laughs> isn't fun at all. Um, so it's a lot of making sure that they don't hyperextend the top. So when I'm doing a press at the top. My shoulders don't fly all the way back and pop out or that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, a lot of floating and yeah. Yeah, like overhead farmers. I don't know if you've ever done those with an upended kettlebell. So you put the kettlebell in your hand like that and you don't let it flop and you walk around with it above your head. Like they kill. Absolutely. <laughs> like you yeah. don't need bottom up you don't need a huge and grip for uh, kettlebells because the wrist, you know, the wrist strength again. Mm. Um I think like that's where like the grip training like concept helps as well. Like I can't write very well at all okay. um and i don't write for more than like 10 minutes of stretch like everything is typed and i'm so happy i live in a technological world but it means that grip training means that i can cook without like being in pain and i'm not like my hand isn't falling off like from like using a mixing bowl or something like i don't have to use a mixer to stir the i don't random brownies i've made at two o'clock because i'm hungry like <laughs> it means that i can kind of function normally like genuinely grip training is functional for someone like me so i can actually like use my hands um for like everyday tasks that people like are like well you should be able to do that like you go to the gym and i'm like i can't i can't hold a pen for like 10 minutes without being in pain but i can hold a pen for 10 minutes without being in pain because i train it 
and because I make sure that my hands are in good health like you were saying about hand health and how important that is oh my goodness like <laughs> if my hands weren't healthy I wouldn't be able to type all day simple as yeah pretty much ruins your life if you don't have the hand health definitely so on the opposite end of the spectrum what's your greatest blunder or injury um I've been quite lucky and I'm gonna touch wood and <laughs> touch everything I haven't had too many major injuries like um like I, I drop things a lot <laughs> yes <Yeah, so like, laughs> we'll do everything um I I dropped a plate on my toe in the first lockdown in like April time and it was like bruised and like it was disgusting for like four weeks you're lucky um, that was, it, honestly yeah I, I I don't know if I did but I I never got an x-ray because we were in the middle of a global pandemic and I was like ah, I don't want to go to a hospital um that's probably like the worst thing i've done recently um so i managed to like we're saying we don't want to go to a hospital when we have something wrong with us right now yeah that's like a weird thing like, to even put in our minds yeah right yeah yeah no way um i t i haven't genuinely haven't got too injured like i cut myself on like kegs and um like farmer's handles and stuff quite a bit like i've had random bruises uh, all duck walk bruises. I don't know if you've ever done duck walk and got the bruises from them. Oh yeah. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to put my like pinky finger around the edge of it. So the only thing, the thing that touching my the inside of my leg was my pinky finger rather than the really hard metal that causes these huge disgusting bruises that take like three weeks to go away. Yeah. Um, I genuinely i tend not to i've never like m failed a terrible lift so badly that i've like thrown it across the room or massively injured myself to the point of like needing to go to hospital so i'm quite lucky so again i'm gonna hold on to the, the thing i haven't done anything too bad i've just just generally clumsy well um I mean, obviously you have a higher sense of body awareness because of your condition do you think that's helped you avoid injury um it hasn't has it so I'm, i have a high sense of body awareness because i'm hypermobile so my joints just flay around but i'm also dyspraxic so my hand-eye coordination and my general spatial awareness and like cohesion of body movements isn't the best so i've got this great combination of my body doesn't hold itself together and my brain doesn't know how to hold my body together Obviously, but i know exactly so, why and everything that's going on with <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like this. It's this winning. I would highly recommend being dyspraxic and hypermobile at the same time. It's a winning combination for just experience. tripping over, <laughs> tripping over, falling over, not knowing whether you're holding something in your left or your right hand. And um, like when I put wrist wraps on, it says left, and I have to double check quickly. Like I'm like, yeah, that's my left one. Putting it on the right side, um, not the right side, but yeah, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> so that's like I think just every day I will fall over something. So that's like a, a, my life is just one big blunder of just tripping and falling into things and walking into door frames that I know are there. Well, that's, yeah, that's something <laughs> to have to deal with, I guess. Oh, well, oh, well. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bit of a comedy, comedy show really. So I just make a bit of a joke out of it and we're all good. There you go. <laughs> always good if you can laugh at yourself. Definitely. <laughs> so, um, you said competing at Southern Strongest Woman. Uh, do you have any other major athletic goals right now? Um, I want to get like a body weight and a bit deadlift, double body weight and a bit deadlift this year. Um, I'd love to be able to do that. Um, I'd also, 
I want to get like a, I don't know if this is un, unfeasible, but like a fi over 50 kilo rolling thunder, like for reps and for time. I'd love to be able to do that. Um, and I want to. Where are you at now at on some, rolling thunder? I think, I feel like I got like 42 and a half for four second holds the other day. So like I'm in a good position, good but I don't train. Yeah. So it's getting there. Um, I'd like maybe like 60 kilos by the end of this year, if COVID permits. Um, and I'd also love to have a hundred kilo farmers, like each hand um, at some point soon. Like farmers, even if it's only for 10 meters, I want to be able to do it. Um, so that means getting my like trap bar pickups up really good. Yeah, that's um, 200 kilo farmers, 100 kilo each hand. Yeah. That's, that's a big goal that's um awesome. yeah so that's like one i want um i've said to myself like long-term goals i'd really i'd love to have like a world record in farmers um like i've got the i've got the body for it because i've got massive long arms um so i'm like one day i want to get that um it's a while off but we're working on it <laughs> yeah, I heard the long arms helps in farmers as it spreads the weight out a lot more yeah and because you've got less of a pickup to do um, it means you're not having to like basically like or more than deadlift it up um but that's a that's a bit of a more of a long-term goal um maybe some grip world records along the way but, but we'll work on them <laughs> we had uh we had a gal set a grip world record at our gym at our garage oh really which one that was chris newell she set the flask world record in the 130 pound underweight class she oh, uh, wow. two-hand pinched uh, like 103 pounds. Wow, yeah. that's really, really good, especially yeah. for like the uh, the the lightweights as well. Yeah. Like, that's really, really good. I'll 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 put that on my notes to. <laughs> yeah, she, she held the beater bar record before she came over for that one. So that's the pull the rotating pull up thing mm. thing. So she wow. uh, did the most rotations on that for men or women, just period. World wow. Up. And uh, she came over here and she's getting into grip sport and just, yeah, totally dominated. I mean, we had, I only pulled like 140 pounds on the flask. I'm looking at her at 130 pounds, little woman, 130 pounds, like right there with me. And I'm going, oh man, are you kidding me? This is awesome. Good job, you know? That's so good. Yeah, that's incredible. I'm going to have to find her on Instagram later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's up there. I'll, uh, I'll send you a link to her. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll give, I'll keep an eye out, you know? <laughs> um, what are some lifestyle habits that you subscribe to that help you stay healthy and fit? Um, sleep. Uh, I know that's like a, a like a cliche one, but I like sleeping. Um, I'm good at it. I would say it's probably one of my greatest skills is being able to sleep. Um, but like I can, I'll sleep for like eight nine hours a night. Um, it sounds weird calling it a skill, but it really is. A lot of people have yeah, so much like, trouble sleeping. Definitely, you can actually just put your head on a pillow and be out in 10 minutes that's that's a skill yeah um I, i'm not always good at falling asleep but once i'm asleep i i will genuinely probably could sleep through world war three um so deep sleeping um forcing myself to rest i feel like that's quite like a strange one um i think a lot of people when you're in strength sports you feel like you constantly have to be doing something you were like i really want to go to the gym i really want to train like go for a walk like do something and i feel like people who do strength sports like because it's gives you such a like a boost of like serotonin and everything that you constantly want to do it so i think forcing myself to go actually 
I'm not doing anything today. Yeah. I'm just going to rest, even if that means eating some food, like walking up to the shop and back, like an easy, like stroll. Um, I think that's such an important one that doesn't often get spoken about, like not training and purposely not training um, is such a just amazing, like sitting down and I mean, I watched The Office in a month because it came onto UK Netflix um, at the, on the 1st of January and I finished it a couple of days ago. I did cry um, once I finished it, but like I would force myself to rest by watching that, like allowing yourself to have those moments of going, I'm not doing anything today. Um, that's a massive one. I think that a lot of people don't do enough. They'll be like, oh, I'm not training today, so I'm going to go for a bike ride instead, or I'm going to yeah. go for a, a long yeah, walk. Like, throw football around or something. I see that all yeah. the time. I'm going to go play some basketball because I'm not training today. Well, actually, that's training. Training, yeah. <laughs> like, stay, like, like, obviously, like, COVID has forced people, I think, to rest a lot more. But now people are also itching because you're stuck at home that they want to go out for that bike ride for that walk. But even for if you, even if you train four days a week and one day a week, you don't do any other exercise apart from maybe going for a quick walk around the block just to clear your head. Like that is huge in itself. Like just allowing your body to not do anything and just to like rest up very, very well. It like that was a game changer for me was slowing down. I think COVID forced me to do that as well. Like the first lockdown when we weren't allowed to like leave our houses we weren't really allowed to go out for more than an hour a walk a day like that first lockdown really forced me to actually rest and like learn how to how that works for me um i'm like i'm not sure what like the lockdowns were like in america compared to they're over here similar. yeah we're still yeah. in lockdown right now and um, what they're getting the vaccine out but the numbers are low and and we have a lot of uh, mutated strains coming up and the cases are higher than ever. So it's actually like the most important time that people stay. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But I think that like, it's a horrible thing to be in the lockdown, but if there's one thing I think it's taught a lot of people is you need to rest sometimes. Like in the, like the first couple of weeks of lockdown, in fact, the first few months of lockdown, I slept so much. I was just constantly tired but I just let myself sleep. I was like, clearly if my body is tired, I need to sleep. I, even after a day of work, like I work from home, um, I had to go and have a nap. And I was like, you know what, if my body wants me to have a nap, I'm going to have an hour nap and then I'll have some dinner and go for a, like, go for a walk just to get out of the house today. But I think being forced to slow down, being forced to rest has been such a good thing. Um, and I hope people feel better for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's something I think we're going to study for the next, I don't know, two decades or so is what happened yeah. to people during this lockdown, like psychologically. Yeah. It's really interesting. A lot of people got anxiety at first. And then after a few months of being in it, they got a sense of calm and peace, just knowing that, you know, there's nothing they can do. So mm. eventually you just subscribe to it. You succumb to this is the situation at hand. So now I'm going to do the best with what I can in the situation yeah. at hand. And it just took a few months for people to kind of get there. But it's really neat how the level of anxiety in the overall culture lowered after months into the pandemic versus mm. now it's actually picking back up now that, you know, the vaccine's out and it's, the weather's getting good again. Um, I know in England, the weather's pretty similar to how we are in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so, yeah, you know, we're in the dreary season right now. But, of course, come March, April, May, you know, people are going to want to get back out there and party up and have fun again. So, 
Mm. We'll see what happens with that. Hopefully something good. <laughs> yeah. So um, are there any training techniques that you've stumbled upon that have given you a big edge up against your competition? Um, I, again, this is going to sound so cliche, but finding a good coach, mm. like it's not necessarily a training technique um, or like something specific, like I will always warm up my hamstrings first. Like it's not something specific like that, but having people like my coach, like Ben, he's amazing. Like I love him. Um, he's absolutely brilliant. Um, having someone on your side that you can talk to on, not just about like your, your training days and how they've gone, but if you're just having a bad week, having someone that you can be like, look, I'm having a bad week. It might reflect my training and not feeling afraid of that. Um, we were saying earlier about like asking for help when you're in your period. I can do that with Ben and it's like, I, there's no embarrassment or shame around it. I can be like, look, I'm not having a great day. Can I like, can you just give me a hand just to even load the bar up? Um, and that like changed my training. Like when I first um, was working with Ben, I was like scared to go to the gym in terms of like the weight I saw on the program. I was like, I can't do it. And he got me to believe in myself. So having a, having a, go a good coach and someone who's on your side is like, for me, is the biggest game, like thing that got me ahead in my training. It gave me the edge of my competition because he doesn't just make sure that I'm like physically able to do the lifts. Like I'm mentally able to do my lifts. Like he'll push me when he knows I need to be pushed, but he'll also be like, actually, you need to scale it back and like, just take some time. Um, so that might seem really cliche and like not a very like good answer, but I think that is probably genuinely the biggest thing that has helped my training and like hands down, like I, he's the best. <laughs> no, I think that's a great answer. Like uh, we seek coaching through obviously our channel and the people we invite over, but I mean, we, we worked with uh, Mike Wilfong who's a state record uh, power lifter. And mm -hmm. I mean, we worked with him one day and increased our lifts, you know, 10% on certain lists, just, just by working with someone for one day and then helping you just adjust your body and, and work with you, what your body should do in that movement. Mm. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing how little tweaks in like the squat movement, for instance, can make such a difference in how people squat so much differently depending yeah. on the body type. It's fantastic. So I agree. Having a coach is tremendously beneficial. Definitely. For sure. And who's your coach? Um, ben Glasscock. Um, he, used to do powerlifting he now does strongman um he's he's very good at it um i'm hoping to i'm hoping to be able to like in the next couple of years be going to see him at england's and cheering him on so i'm looking forward to that day when it happens but right now i'll cheer him on from instagram comments <laughs> that's awesome that's great so what's he competing in uh so he did he used to do southeast he got to like britain's level for powerlifting um he's done he would he won like a regional comp over here for strongman um oh. but obviously all the all the big comps and everything and the big qualifiers haven't really happened and um, they've all been online so he's done just done the onlines for england's strongest man so i ask is he going for britain's strongest man that's cool oh one day yeah one day awesome yeah um because he trains a bit with um adam bishop so yeah. Um, I'm just waiting for the day that they compete at the same competition. I can go go along and scream for Ben and be like, yeah, come on, Ben. <laughs> Beat bitch. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 
so yeah, Eddie Hall, obviously, he's a huge, huge mm. proponent for strongman, and uh, of course, English, and uh, he seems to be the guy that's getting the most attention online for pushing strongman sport forward and talking the most. How do you think that's, how's that benefited uh, strongman in England? How has that changed everything? Is it more it's popular an now? I think people will know what strongman is because of him. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. I'm not a huge fan of him, personally. Um, I think his ego is too big for his own head. Um, <laughs> people who know me well enough will know that I don't like him that much. Um, I think his acceptance of a boxing match, though, is, isn't a good thing for the sport necessarily. This might be like quite a controversial opinion, um, but I think it will, it's detracting from where they've come from and their roots. It's yeah. kind of going... And it's also detracting from boxing. Like, as someone with a martial arts background, I'd be interested to hear what you think on it. Well, um, I, yeah. I can tell you a little bit about what I think about it. I think that it definitely is a slap in the face to strongmen that they need to get more money, more prize money in the sport. Because if two strongmen are willing to put their body on the line and beat the crud out of each other in the ring, and they're not really trained to do so, and they're doing it only for money, it tells you that the... the Rogue and other big companies need to step up and sponsor some events and get get some more prize money in strongman. I, that's what I personally feel about it because you know I had a lot of concussions in, in MMA and in martial arts and whatnot. And that's part of why I don't do it anymore and why I've transferred over into grip because with a year off and a year out of the ring, I'm just not going to be the same. So it's it it's a good thing to have a backup plan. But if your backup plan is to get in a ring and beat the crud out of somebody for a million dollars, that's I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting one for boxing as well as a sport because it's kind of become like the sport that people do when like like oh let's make a load of money we're going to box each other like when like Colbert KSI Logan Paul like that was kind of I think the first one where people were like it's become like a celebrity sport now the McGregor fight which was totally yeah. a joke because you know there was no chance that McGregor was going to be able to compete with Mayweather it's just they were from two different worlds yeah it's, it feels like it's like it's devaluing boxing as a sport as well because obviously boxing's got like some great people in it who are as a sport yeah and it's it's got some amazing athletes in who train for boxing and all of a sudden you've got all these celebrities like i can be a boxer look at me i can just like train for like a year and then i'll go and like punch my mate in a ring and we'll get those money out of it it's like it's detracting value from and like monetary value from the sport of boxing itself because now all the sponsors are channeling their money into these big celebrity name fights so that's another reason why i think eddie hall is not the best person like it's good that he's brought a name to strongman like if you are someone like just on the street like oh what do you know about strongman we go oh eddie hall like that's great but what's not great is the fact that he's kind of in it for the money now um like, there's nothing wrong. Obviously, like, if you were all offered a million dollars to punch, like, an ex-rival, you probably would. Yeah. But I would have liked him to have some more, like, I don't know, like, something about him to go, actually, can we do, like, a head-to-head -head strongman competition on yeah. things that we're both equally good at? Because yeah, like the Shaw Classic and Big Z just yeah. started event as well. I would have loved to see Eddie Hall. Something that. like that. Like, Eddie Hall versus Thor one-on-one -on -one in a strongman competition. Like who's to say that, that he gets from the match will eventually lead into that, hopefully, you know. Hopefully. I mean, I'd hope. But I would have loved to have seen that over a boxing match because I don't really care about seeing the two of them punch each other up. But I would have been much more interested to 
see them go head to head in a strongman comp and they could bring money and a name into strongman rather than bringing their names for themselves they've done it for themselves rather from the sport that helps them to get where they are yeah absolutely um for sure I, and i think that that you're right it does devalue boxing unfortunately boxing has kind of moved towards they want ratings and you see two 400 pound dudes that are just goliaths in the ring that's exciting if you're not a big if you're not a huge technical boxing fan that's exciting. Mm. you're gonna see guys slug each other now the the downside to the sport of boxing and like viewership is when you actually get two guys that are technically fantastic in the ring against each other it's so boring it's so boring because they can't they can't hit each other they can't do anything to each other it's just this technical mash of trying to find one spot to try to get in just one or two little mm -hmm. hits here or there because they're just so technically sound on their defense and their movements that it's just boring so yeah unfortunately those celebrity fights tend to bring in a little excitement even if injuries that are completely unnecessary yeah, yeah. definitely so um if you could start your training over again is there anything you would do different uh not training like a commercial gym so like a pure gym or, or i guess in america like planet fitness type mm -hmm. yeah gyms um like start specialist from the beginning um even if like a crossfit box like get into a strength sport like crossfit olympic weightlifting or powerlifting rather than just training just because um that's probably what i would have done like and trained properly from the beginning rather than just like like half doing it i think that would have been the biggest thing i would have changed i've heard that from a few people that wound up getting a coach they said wow the years that i wasted without a coach that's what i would change like right away is all that time that i spent looking up programs online and then trying them out mm. seeing if that would work or not so um what's the most important piece of equipment in your home gym and why my home gym is like a bit random um so in the first lockdown i like it was sunny outside so i was able to train on the patio um and funnily enough the most important bit of kit i had was a puzzle board and some kitchen lino so it was the, this big bit of wood and some kitchen lino um because it meant i had a flat surface to train on so i could wear my lifters um and train on this flat surface that was non-slip so it's very random but the gym flooring that i had out of an old cutoff and a random puzzle board that's awesome that's a great idea yeah no, we're Everyone all needs DIY stuff and inventing stuff. That's fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it was such a simple thing, but it meant I could use the lino as like a warm up mat and then I just folded it over the board and I suddenly had a, a lifting platform and I didn't have to spend any money on it um, because I hate spending money on things that I'm only going to use for like maximum of like six to 12 months. Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of discovered how uneven the earth is during this uh, quarantine yeah. we're all looking for a flat spot to deadlift or something we go oh this is crazy i realized <laughs> my driveway was so uneven yeah. Yeah. so yeah there you go <laughs> so um what advice do you have for the average person that's trying to get fit and healthy at home don't worry too much about the weight on the scales and like look at more what make sure you're put, fueling yourself right and doing something like basically every day like if you're not lifting heavy you don't need to like do them as much rest and recovery like if you're going for a say a three to five mile walk a day you don't need to necessarily take like three days off a week to recover you may need like one or two days off um so little and often to, to begin with don't think that you can suddenly go into like this 
21 day hour a day workout program like you're not going to be able to I wasn't able to like no one can you have to build yourself up and build yourself up and fuel yourself right um don't do fad diets like your slimming world your weight watches your keto paleo all of those things they're not going to work um work make sure you're getting in your proteins even if you're vegan find ways to get in vegan protein I'm not vegan but like if you're it's veganuary at the minute still get your proteins in um and get your veggies in like that would be the first thing like it's simple things drink enough water eat right and little and often at the beginning and build yourself up I feel like everyone says that but people don't listen so I'm just going to drill it in like another time <laughs> that's great advice absolutely um is there any questions you have for us couch potato strong or anything else you would like to say to people trying to get fit at home or anything you want to plug um I'll do two of those things first um what is your favorite golden potato lift that you've seen so far from someone um and then second I will give one more bit of advice is don't ever give don't don't give up just because you feel like you're having a bad day like tomorrow's going to be a new day so just like let yourself go for that day and start again the next day um and don't think of it as another day one just think of it as a day 1.5 okay um i've got a few golden potato lifts that i think are fantastic um jeremy and mike both with their their actual golden potato lift the one with this grip here yeah they have done jeremy has done almost his body weight and he's about 160 wow. pounds which is just insane because the only real the only thing that really keeps the potato from slipping is this little purchase right here yeah for your thumb right here that's all you have so i find that amazing that those guys have pulled that mike's pulled over 200 pounds in that method which Whoa. is more than you can pull with a full deadlift hold like this mm. because this is all fingertips pushing into concrete so i mean it, it hurts it's a, it's a pain thing um that and we had a guy that's like i think he was number five in the world at the obstacle course racing championship um, his name's Ryan Poland. He's like 185 pounds and he strapped oh, 70 pounds to his body and did a 258 pound golden potato pull up. What? So he had strapped, you know, 75 pounds or something like that and did a pull up with just his fingertips like this with these things hanging and swinging. Wow. Like, and that's amazing to me. I mean, that's I can't, incredible. I can do 10 strict pull ups and can't do a single one on the potato. So someone that can do a, yeah a weighted like, pull up yeah and he can do like 12 reps or something with just his body weight it's what? amazing and he's one of the bigger guys that have come over he's almost you know he's over 180 maybe 190 pounds he's one of the bigger guys for sure he's not yeah. a little 140 150 pound guy that you expect to bang out a bunch of pull-ups that's incredible yeah absolutely so uh we have there's actually one of the top grip guys in the world that recently heard about that feed and he's like hmm I wonder if I could do that. <laughs> My go next. <laughs> like, oh, all right, that's cool. You know, that it's neat to know that there's a local athlete that didn't know how great he was at grip that realized, like, some of the OCR guys didn't realize how good they really were at grip until they went into a grip. And one of the guys that was a deep, pretty decent OCR guy who trains, uh, he went into grip and got like eighth place in the world at the King Kong. Wow. Jeremy Kaufman in his very first grip contest. That's incredible. So it was just because they're just grabbing and swinging their bodies all day long. Yeah. They're developing some crazy grip. Like you see it with rock climbers, I guess, like, because they're just like holding on with like sometimes just like two fingers onto these tiny little things. Like their grip is incredible, but because they don't think about, I could do 
a rolling thunder I can do a hub grip I can do or like a, a horn grip like they don't think about that as like something else that they can do yeah. so yeah absolutely we've seen some of those guys because their contests have been ceased in the you know in, in their competing world we've seen them come into grip and start doing stuff in their home gyms and showing it off on insta because it's something you can still do that's popular that's fun and yeah boy some of them have done some crazy stuff okay so what was your other part of that you said you were going to do two um i was going to say the other one is like what's something you want to see happen with the golden potatoes like well, what would you love to happen I don't know that grip sport will ever get to the point to where it's like a big legitimized sport mm. only because hand size makes such a big difference. And yeah. so does like being able to texture your implement. Some implements are a little more rested than others and it'd be hard to have perfect surfaces on everything. So I just don't think that's going to become the thing, but I would like the golden potato to just spread out and get people talking about handheld. It's a conversation starter. It's just a fun, little thing yeah. it's never going to be like an official contest it's always tongue-in-cheek the records are tongue-in-cheek because every potato is a little bit different so what we just like to see is like a, a more people talking about it and just trying to and talking to other people about it and getting them you know thinking about their lower arm strength and just overall health so yeah that's that's all we really want with it. it's just fun i think that's quite a good goal to have with it to be honest yeah. exactly <laughs> absolutely yeah it's, it's just silly you know it's just a little cheeky thing it's, it's just yeah <laughs> it's a gold potato like yeah, it's come on guys no it's not it's not but yeah like you, like you said it's a great conversation starter it's a great way to say to encourage people to think a bit differently about hand health i guess as well like you can pick up a golden potato and that's going to help your hands yeah exactly <laughs> who knew <laughs> who knew you know it's just just fun. Absolutely. That's the whole thing about it is just, we're just trying to get people to enjoy working out. That's all it is. So, yeah. I think that's a very, very good goal to have. Is there anything else that you wanted to ask us about or? Not that I can think of. I throw out? Um, I can't you think of any. covered it pretty well. Yeah. yeah I think we've, we've covered everything. Um, I, I mean, if like the one bit of advice is also would be to just, just eat the ice cream or eat the cake. Like don't, yeah don't feel like you don't have to like yeah, exactly. uh, that would be like my one last thing to say <laughs> I, remember, uh, I don't know if you remember the little kid that was really ripped little hercules richard sandrick he was no. like a 10 year old kid that had six pack and was ripped to the bone and i remember he was on like some 2020 special they were talking to him and they were walking by a pizza place and he refused to get a piece of pizza and i was like he's a 10 year old boy come on just so eat the damn pizza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> eat the pizza. <laughs> well, on that note, I think that's a pretty good spot to end. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, have a wonderful day. Thank you for yeah. joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. All righty. We'll take care. We'll get this uh, up tomorrow and we'll post all about it. Sound advice. Thank you very much. I'll share it all around as well for you. <laughs> all right. Take care. It's nice to see you. I'm chatting with you. And you. Bye.